0: We do this after school program and every year we love on kids that aren't Christian. We just say, hey, just come. We're just gonna help you with your schoolwork. We're gonna feed you. We'll tell you about Jesus. If you wanna follow him, great. If you don't, we're not gonna we're not here to pressure people. It doesn't work. It's not what God wants. But man, they come to Christ over and over and over again. And God has these people. You look at you look at the harambis, you look at the trees, and you see these kids that everybody's overlooked and they're they're doing great. They're doing great. And so there is, you know, there's racism in the world, whatever people want to take it, it just is. But there's also a socioeconomic classism and these kids deserve opportunities to flourish. They do.
1: And welcome to The Narrative, where we're unpacking the toughest issues of the day. My name is Aaron Baer, and I'm the president of Center for Christian Virtue, here with my co-host and our policy director here at CCV, David Mahan. Uh, And uh, I'll I'll tell you, we just wrapped our our interview with Pastor Ben Douglas uh, about, again, continuing this volume of just looking at all the different ways that culture and society uh, have placed the, the desires of adults over the needs of kids. We're calling it Children First. Uh, and, and talking about how um, w- what kids are going through today and what they're the, the pressures they're facing. And uh, again, I, I especially my, my wife is reading uh, our daughters, uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, right now, and uh, you know, all the Little House on the Prairie books. And I, I never want to be the one that says it's tougher to be a kid now in America than ever before. Cause we're not worried about like a blizzard coming in yeah. and not. My kids <laughs> called it the little casket on the prairie to so yeah, exactly. many guests on that yeah. show.
2: Yeah. Like we got it pretty good
1: right now. Yeah. there's, But, but we are facing, <laughs> kids are facing unprecedented challenges. And, and I think one of the things that, that you're going to hear with pastor Douglas uh, is, you know, the challenges, the, the kids he's serving. So he, he has a church in the hilltop of the Columbus in, in Columbus, Ohio. It is one of the neighborhoods that has one of the highest prostitution rates, murder rates, violence rates in, in, in the entire state and nation. Um, and, uh, and the, the things that he sees are just unseen by the public. Um, the things that these kids and, and the thousands and thousands of kids in these neighborhoods are going through, um, are just unknown and unseen. Um, and so, uh, it, it it's a, a powerful one. Uh, he's one of my favorite people. He's one of my heroes. He's for those of you who have saw the the, uh, the the story recently about uh, this school planting initiative, and we talked about it here on the narrative before uh, about how we're trying to help churches uh, build a financially scalable model for churches to start schools, five day a week schools in their uh, empty Sunday school classrooms, uh, Ben is leading the coalition of pastors to do our our pilot program uh, in the Hilltop. Yeah,
2: and he's also one whose perspective was changed, right? Because you know initially he was one that was going to go in there and. You know, it's bad, but you know, all these PKs are going to go in and evangelize and that's going to be the solution for the inner city kids. And, uh, and he realized it's going to take a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And and the need is great.
1: Yeah. So I had a really looking forward to that for you here in that conversation. Be sure to, to stick around for that. Uh, just, just want to dive into some of the, the, the topics of the day. Uh, and, and again, I, I think we'd be remiss, especially cause it's, it's the biggest story in the world right now. Uh, if we didn't start just for a moment on Ukraine, um, and, and, you know, David and I both want to be careful on this because neither one of us by any means is a, a foreign policy expert. Uh, you know, this is not our, our, our bailiwick, all these types of things. Um, I'll just say a few things. One, you know, my, my family, I had family that, um, my, my, my Jewish uh, family all emigrated from Ukraine in, in world war two, we had family die in the Holocaust there. So, so we, we feel a special tie there, but, but you know, setting all that aside, uh, when, when another country invades another sovereign nation, uh, it, it is horrible to see. Uh, I mean the, the, the civilian, the, the deaths generally are, are racking up, the civilian deaths are, are racking up. Um, church, this is, this is the time to pray. Uh, I've, I've loved, I've been so moved seeing the pictures of Christians gathering in, you know, bunkered trading stations and in homes still to pray and, uh, give God glory. It is such a beautiful picture of the church. Um, but the thing I just want to talk about uh, on the political side of this, and, and th- this is something that we're, we're seeing to this uh, again, the, 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 the toxic culture in the political space today just continue to, to get worse. There was, you know, again, I, I'm not an expert to say what America should or shouldn't be doing um on these types of things with you know sending in troops or the the exact sanctions to do all of that 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 I'm not even going to begin to try to say I, I know what the the right answer is there however I I did see uh a number of candidates even some candidates here in the U.S. Senate race I'll just say like it was you know one candidate in particular J.D. Vance like I, and and there's so much I respect about J.D. we agree on so much I I, I appreciate him he did an interview and I heard him say it twice. Uh, and I've heard other people say similar things to this. To say things like uh, what he said directly was, I don't care what happens in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. And his point was, we have our own border issues where drugs are coming in. And again, like, especially when you hear the conversation we have on Hilltop, the hilltop, that's exactly right. We, we have issues on our own borders and we have issues in our, our own country. But. But when I when I saw that those comments about uh, and again I, I might who knows where who I'll end up voting for in this race you know we we're not CCV not endorsing I'm not endorsing but but I saw this and it, it got a lot of play and I I think we don't ever want to be afraid to address issues here and address them directly um, to 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 help highlight these things so we can process what's happening in the world uh, from a, from a biblical worldview um you know just coming off seeing all these pictures of guys my age holding their six-year-old sons and daughters and kissing them maybe for the last time because they're going off to war uh, because somebody is invading their country Mm -hmm. um or seeing someone my wife's my wife's age or claire's age uh you know standing there with with an automatic rifle in their hands uh because they're they're probably going to have to go out and start defending their street from soldiers invading and to just say, I don't care. And here's the thing too, you know, you and I both know JD well enough to know he doesn't mean that he like, he's not a heartless guy, but there's just this, this, uh, this mentality in politics today that you just, you just got to say the, the brashest, most over the top thing to get a headline. Uh, And we, we gotta be better than that. You know, You know, I I think, you know, first of
2: all, he he said that, you know, before all of the footage was rolling in and I get it. Um, But but I cringe when I heard that as well. Um, I do just uh, just as an aside. um, I know many people are praying for Ukraine and, um, uh, you know, folks are are needing medicine. We're hearing about reports of, you know, diabetics that are in bunkers and can't get medicine. Um, My prayer is that is that even in persecution, I think that the, our faith our, the body of Christ will shine the brightest and I'm praying for miracle signs and wonders to happen He is the same God yesterday today and forevermore and I'm praying that you know healings would just pop out of everywhere you know because of if you they have no other answer they have no medicine, no medical attention soldiers are dying and um, and uh, as the tanks start to roll into you know Kiev and and all these other all these other cities, um, I think the needs are going to be great, and I think the body of Christ are going to be the only ones there to fill it. And so, please keep them in prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, even aside of all this political stuff.
1: Well, and that's again, that, that's the 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 part of it for us, and in especially for Christians, is we're 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 trying to engage uh, in our world and and be effective, be communicate effectively, all these types of things. Like, there's real people uh, that are suffering right now, and again, what, no no matter. And again, this this is there. There's such an analogy here to what we we're going to talk to Ben Douglas about uh, later on. Um, you know, there, there's such a uh, a rea- there, there, there's a real person at the end of it. That's so right. so we want to still be caring for that person, even if we disagree with them, even if. But but we have to. We we can't be callous towards them. And, and this is this just gets to one of my things about how, you know. When we're we're talking about how we engage, how we about about politics today and culture day, um, you know what we do matters. How we do it matters too. Yeah, you know the 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 it's it's funny, not to say that God doesn't care about the results or God doesn't care about the out- outcomes. Obviously He does, but when you look at like the fruits of the spirit that we're called to, those are all basically demeanor based: love, patience, kindness, you know, gentleness. You know th- th- those things that, that, that we're ca- the, the, we're called to how we're called to behave how we're called to be. Um, does that mean we're never angry? Does that mean we're never uh, you know uh, upset and all? I mean, you guys have heard us on this program. We get upset when we're when we're seeing you know suffer real suffering in the world. Um, but I, I think we're 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 in this political environment right now where and you see it on both sides uh, where people just say the most outrageous thing they can. To either get attention, yeah. or to uh, maybe sometimes it's to try to shake people into to seeing a different perspective. Yeah. But we just got to be careful. With I'm that. just like a lot of you guys. I, you know, I, I
2: I work my 25 hours here a day at CCV. <laughs> I go home. I turn on, you know, CNN, Fox. You know, see what everybody's saying. Uh, BBC. And um, I think the beauty, if there if you can find any in what's going on, is that you see courage playing out in front of you. You see people loving and caring for each other. Uh, in the midst of crisis and, and all of this playing out right in front. Of, I think it's just kind of bringing us all back to a, a center of realizing, man, this is, yeah, there's politics at play, but but we are forced to sit down and, and look at humanity uh, in its purest form and, and as opposed to trying to live vicariously through everybody on the media or social media. Um, I, I hope we don't miss that. Uh, it's not about Zelensky as, as, as it is about the courage of a people. Mm -hmm. the courage of mothers and fathers to defend, you know, their land. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are things that that we've been, you know, only reading about in books. But over there, we're seeing it play out uh,
1: in real time. And and again, I I remind you to pray and lift them up. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Uh, Next one, uh, we just wanted to to touch on here. This is one. Uh, again, it, it's it made national news. It came out of uh, Akron, Ohio. And this is one that that happened a few weeks ago, but we we didn't get a chance to talk about it here. And it, again, it, it's it's really po- uh, uh, re- really poignant. It, it all, when I first heard about the story, it actually reminded me of uh, of an interview we're gonna have next week. Um, but this is the the, the Leah Thomas uh, story, the male swimmer who 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 goes by the name Leah, uh, who's participating in in girls sports. Uh, and David, I mean, you, yeah. you've been tracking the story. You could tell what, what happened here.
2: So, so William, um, he's a senior uh, now and he's going by Leah. Um, but before this, this particular um, season, he was 462nd when he was competing against biological males. Now that he's competing his senior year against women, females, he's ranked first. And, um, and so we saw what all happened. Um, at the last uh, competition, which the news that, that I, I want to bring out in this is that it happened in Akron, right? So, nationally, that's kind of being overlooked. But we got to look at the fact that we have a bill. We have two bills at the State House right now that if either one of them were passed, he would not have been able to do what he did to those other female competitors. Um, that he just blew out of the water. He won by 38 seconds. That's over two full laps. Um, is, is what he won by um in, in Akron the fastest swimmer ever seven gold medal uh in, in the olympics 15 world championship gold medals katie ledecky she was 12 seconds slower than what this man did in in Akron and um and, and <laughs> this this is crazy and, and i and i and i think this one in terms of you know i posted it on my page and everything and it's getting attention from both the left and the right, you know, Democrat, liberal, conservative alike. That, And I, and I think when people see this issue in this light, it, it, it everybody comes together and say, this is wrong. Yeah. Right? It's hard to hide, you know, the foolishness of, of what's going on here uh, when you look at it uh, in in the terms of, of athletics. And then he goes on here just a couple weeks ago uh, in the Ivy League competition, and he's breaking records there. And so what's happening is... Um, is that his teammates, 16 of his own teammates, I think it's University of Penn, um, 16 of his teammates are starting to write letters to the university as well as a lot of the other Ivy League folks are arguing that they lost competitive opportunities. But again, the, the point here is that they're all doing it anonymously. Yep. They are scared to death. And I'm wondering, where are the parents? And Dave,
1: this is this is so important right now because – and, and, and I, I say this to our, our listeners out there. Sooner or later, you are going to be forced to, to right. have to stand up on these things. Uh, and and I, I don't say that lightly because I know for a lot of people, they risk a lot when they speak out on these things. But I'll say two things. One, um, you'd be surprised how many people can withstand uh, the, the canceling that'll, be att- that, that'll try to come your way. Uh, but two... If you wait until it's until it's right at your door, yeah, it's too late, and it's gonna be it's gonna come there. Like this is this is why you know the the you know when we had Aaron brewer here, brewer here a few weeks ago, like what or, or even what what Monica Klein talked about last week, you know this issue is huge. It is it is the standard you know we talk about a medicine standard of care. It, you know it is the standard curriculum, the standard mindset that's being taught in schools. Every school basically, every public school basically, kids are being bullied by it. It it, it is it's it's being forced. This isn't like one offs. This is this is the thing. And so maybe right now all we're hearing about is is William Thomas, Leah Thomas, but it's going to be there soon. And this is where the only way it stops is if enough people say, "What are we doing?" And it's again, it's so nonsensical. It's so insil like we. Uh, it's the same thing. Next week, we're going to have uh, Luke Roseak on from uh, from the Daily Wire, uh, and he was the one that the, that exposed the, the the boy that raped two girls Virginia. In, in Virginia. And of course, that happened when you put when you allow men into women's private facilities. This kind of thing is going to happen. Yeah.
2: The cover up though is a big part of that story, right? right? Like like they they knew it and they kept it quiet because of the pressure. Kid goes to another school, does it again. Right. And I think a lot of people are missing that. But right now, again, we have two bills down at the house, and, and they need to hear your voice. This is the time to run these bills. And, and Republicans need courage on this. Uh, both of the bills are, are being run uh, by Republicans and they need courage that this is the time to stop this stuff from happening in the future. Uh, it is it is ironic that women are being discriminated against in women's sports. Um, but that is, listen, I'm calling all old school hippies, all you old school feminists. Listen, your work is not done. Fight for these title IX rights of uh, of young ladies here in the state of Ohio, and we need to hear
1: your voice now. Amen. Amen. Well, we're gonna uh, take a quick break before our interview with Ben Douglas., uh, thank you so much for listening to the narrative. We'll be right back. Center for Christian Virtue seeks the good of our neighbors by advocating for public policy that reflects the truth of the gospel. We empower people like you to have a voice in the culture on the most important political and cultural issues of the day. Through our public policy advocacy, grassroots activism, church ambassador network, Ohio Christian Education Network, and Christian Business Partnership, there are countless ways for you to get involved. Join the movement today by visiting ccv.org or by clicking the link in the show notes. That's ccv.org and click join the network. Welcome back to the narrative where we're unpacking the toughest issues of the day. This is uh, CCV President Aaron Baer with my co-host uh, David Mahan, our policy director here. Uh, and we've got a special guest with us today, Pastor Ben Douglas uh, from here in Columbus, Another our, our second guest and our... Uh, three uh, volumes of the, the narrative Where we actually have them in person Typically we're doing all these things over Zoom But it, it's actual people it's again nice I know, right Visitors it's Exactly, stuff. right And we're actually coming to you live from our Well, not live Because you're not listening to this live But uh, from our, our new office We just settled into some new digs Not our new building yet That we, we got on Broad Street in Columbus But uh, a new office that we're, we're working out of from. So we don't have four people in offices The size of a parking space You should see my office, guys They put me in
2: a closet That's right um, they, you know, it's, it's a room really man the totem pole that's my business <laughs> card on
1: the front exactly <laughs> <laughs> but but continuing this discussion uh continuing this volume that we're doing this year uh or this 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 season um along the lines of how is is culture how is society putting uh really the 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 desires of adults over the needs of kids um, we have a, a really a good friend here and Pastor Ben Douglas who's um, who has seen this firsthand and is trying to address it. And actually, um, what made us think of doing this conversation uh, today was uh, earlier this week, actually in the Sunday paper, and it went live on Monday, there was a, an article about eight churches on the west side of Columbus coming together to plant a school. Uh, and this is a part of the, the school planting initiative that CCV and our Ohio Christian Education Network are, are leading to build out a scalable model uh, for churches to use empty Sunday school classrooms to start a five day a week in person Christian schools. Um, and, and just, you know, I, I can get into all of that. What, what, why we felt called into that and you know the challenges of uh, actually what it takes to start a new school and all the financial hardships that go into that and how we're helping churches navigate these things but um, you know it, it, this is just there, there's so much into that that's my favorite story because we were feeling called to this and at the same time Ben was seeing a need in this area and and the Lord just brought us together in amazing ways but um, that's not what this is not necessarily about that school plant. Um, uh, we're not necessarily going to focus on the solution that God's called us to be working on together, but more the problem uh, that you identified, because uh, the problem that, that Pastor Ben saw in his community um, is, is such a, a, another example of, of kids suffering. And, and adults, um, there, while there's a lot of adults that care about it and are trying to do something about it, the, the systematic approach that they're taking is making the kids suffering uh, either worse or certainly not better. Um, and so, Ben, I'd just love to ask for, for you to share you, the story of what you were seeing uh, in the Hilltop, and you can tell what folks what the Hilltop is. We have folks all over the country listening, um, but but what you were seeing in the Hilltop of Columbus uh, that, that kids were dealing with and why you sort of felt called to get into this education space.
0: Yeah, thanks guys. So before we, I just wanna thank you guys. You know, we wouldn't be starting a school in our neighborhood without CCV and um i really appreciate um the way we've partnered together to make this happen for kids that are growing up in an impoverished neighborhood that are really struggling with education and it's it's really um countercultural to be a christian in a christian worldview is not valued it's mocked in my neighborhood and so man if it wasn't for you guys I just don't, we wouldn't, but God knows what he's doing. God is way ahead of us. And we had no idea when we got started how far we were in over our heads, but it didn't matter because God had had this team that he's bringing together, you know, to make it happen. Um, Get back to your question. You know, when COVID hit in 2020, obviously we were all caught caught off guard and the schools uh, shut down as you would expect. And kids were supposed to start taking online classes. But what happened was the kids weren't logging on in my neighborhood. and They did a map of Columbus. I'm, so our neighborhood, just kind of background for our li- the listeners, it's, it's um, an impoverished neighborhood. It's the west side of Columbus. Um, lots of violence, lots of drugs, lots of trauma and abuse, generational poverty, and... um so when they shut down, man, kids don't have computers. They don't have internet. You know, I uh well, I, we couldn't we, at first you we weren't supposed to do anything, so we didn't go out. But when I went out later and I talked to the, like one of the kids in my youth group, I'm really close to, I said, Man, how'd it go? He said, I didn't log on to school once all spring. He didn't have a computer. Like he doesn't have a computer. Like, how are you supposed to log on? He doesn't have internet. They didn't have internet at their house. They had, their mom had a phone, you know, with internet on the phone, but it's not the same as having a, having a hotspot or having any kind of internet base. And he's, he's not alone. It's pretty common. And so you have all these kids that couldn't get, get on. And so if you drew a map of the city and said, where were people not logging on, the hilltop would be, and, and you look at the impoverished neighborhoods, the same thing, bright red. I mean, it was just meant there's nobody logging on. Nobody's getting in. Nobody's doing what they're supposed to do. And so people are just out not doing schoolwork. So it was, it was really a bad situation, which is why um, churches started saying, what can we do to, to kind of work on that?
1: Yeah. But, but now now go back even further. Yeah, that, though. thank you. And And say, you know, so... These kids were, were not getting schooling then, but what, right. Tell us about what you were experiencing with the education they were getting, even when school was yeah, in full. Fo-
0: oh yeah, before COVID. And, okay, and, sorry. And even even no. Yeah. Well,
1: honestly, because because the because because COVID. You know, I, I think for a lot of folks, they've they've uh, made the assumption. Yeah. You know, if they if they realize how bad COVID's been for kids, especially yeah. academically. Yeah. Um, they think, oh, COVID, really, the, 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 the academic failure is the cause. But this, especially in, in your community, sure. you were seeing these things sure. years before. Years, yeah. Um, so can, can you talk about it? I know, David, you saw this, too. Yeah. You spent 20 years in in, in in schools of all sorts. Right. But especially in the inner, inner city schools, you saw just learning not happening. Right.
0: Um, can oh, can you talk about that, that experience yeah. that you saw? Yeah. So this is crazy. I talked to a teacher at one of the local high schools uh, just Real candidly, not. they won't get in trouble. I think they're retired at this point. But he would say, he told the kids in his class this is one of the high schools He said, "If you want to learn, sit up at the front. If you don't want to learn, sit in the back, and mm-hmm. I'll just give you a passing grade." And it, the goal was to give the kids in the front an opportunity to learn, but everybody else was just checking the box, checking the box, checking the box, checking. Yeah. And so they didn't have a diploma worth anything because they haven't learned, they haven't been putting any work in, and it's this mindset that, well, you can just get by. You're just going to get by. It really became apparent to me, and this is, is this a story to tell, yeah. is, is um, there was a guy in our youth group. He comes from his, his um, mom, drug is a drug addict. His dad is an alcoholic, and uh, he lives in crazy poverty. Like, it's, it's just crazy animals peeing on the floor in the house you know the the doors to the kitchen cabinets are off there's a sheet there's holes in the wall it's dirty it's just dark smells bad when you walk in obviously and uh he and this is this is a mile from like Kosai.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, this is from like a mile like and a half Kosai, from Kosai. Yeah, Kosai yeah, 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 is on Beirut. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the sci- center of no. science and industry, like the big right. children's museum no, here. That, no, no, no. Everybody, co- like everyone drives in from the suburbs to go to Kosai and right down right. Right, you know, a mile and a half from the Ohio right. Theater. This isn't, you know, some right. far, this is. No, this yeah. is, yeah,
0: this is, this is just how. It... Life's hard, man. Life's hard for a lot of people, a lot of people. And so he came to our youth group, he became a Christian, so we baptized him, and he was going into high school the next year, Jason was, and so he, uh, I remember I was driving him home one day from youth group where we hanging out, and he starts, we're talking, we talk on the way home, it's good, and he starts begging me, he said, Ben, I don't want to go to the, the high school, and I don't want to pick on the high school, but it, it's just what it is and so a kid had you know a couple years prior to that a kid had his throat slit in one of the assemblies and it's just really tough. it's just tough it's just tough the middle school he's in right at that point they had arrested a whole bunch of guys for bringing guns to school and a girl jumped a police officer with a knife while they're arresting people like you're not gonna arrest my boyfriend anyway so he's like you got to get me out of here and I'm like, look, this kid's on the basketball team. He's got a three-four GPA. He's super nice. He just started following Christ. He's a quiet kid, but he works hard. And he does. He still works hard. But that's a whole other problem, the way they treat people and fast food. But um, so I'm driving home. He begs me. I'm like, dude, we'll take whatever it takes. We're going to get you out. We're going to get you out, man. And so we, uh, we went to um, a local Christian School, and I had some connections there. I said we'll be able to get you in. This will be great. So we went through the process, admissions process, which I thought might be a little hard because neither one of his parents are Christian, and a lot of Christian schools you need a parent. Maybe they'll, I'm a pastor. They'll, they'll pass him through. So we get through the. We get to the place. We're sitting in front of the principal, and I'm thinking we're getting in. This is his congratulations letter. We've jumped through the hoops, and the principal says. Well, I know you have a three-four. I know you're on the basketball team. You know, Pastor says you're doing great. Th- you're do- you're a really good kid in youth group. But here's the thing: on your standardized test, and I don't want to give the actual numbers because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You got one you, in your reading. You're like seven, seven percent of the of national average. You're seven percent on the standardized re- reading, and on the, on the math, you're like twenty twenty something percent. And he's they're like. If we put you in this school, you will fail every single class you take. You're so far behind. There's just no hope. But he's a 3.4. 3.4 right. GPA That's on the right. basketball team. Right. He thinks he's doing great. And it was like, it was crushing for him. Yeah. It was crushing. He, he quit coming to church. He quit coming to youth group. He quit going to school. I remember I was driving. I dropped one of my kids off at the preschool in, the, in our neighborhood. As I'm driving through the alley, I come out to the other side and onto the street. There's this group of guys that should be in school because it's school time. They're school age, but they're not in school. And one of them sees me, flips his hood up, and turns away. And I'm like... <laughs> Is that who I think it is? Because that seems a little shady. Like, normal people don't do that kind of stuff around me. You kind of get a feeling after you've been there for a while. I was like, I think that's him. So I slow roll it past him, like slow rolling, waving at the guys. Hey, guys, what's going on? And there was, oh! So I, I came up to him later. I said, yo, was that, was that you? Were you out there hanging out with your friends? He said, yeah, it was me, Pastor Ben. I was like, brother, what are you doing? You know you got to go to school. But, dude, the, the kid gave up. He really gave up because he realized they'd been lying to him. The pub, they'd been lying to him in the public schools. Now, I understand, like, you're trying to teach everybody's ability, that kind of stuff. You're trying to keep people positive, not dropping out. But man, it's it was like eye opening to me. And that was just a first. And I don't know how much you want me to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I got so many more stories. Well well Will you tell the other story about
1: about the, the one young woman too that uh, got into OSU? Yeah. Cause I, I think that's that's really good. And then David, I, I'd love for you to share about the success sequence and how because because I, I do I do wanna point out one thing here. And there is a we because you know we support things like the backpack bill and yeah. you know school alternatives. We'll, we'll be you should we get yeah <laughs> you should everyone should
0: support it. I mean I'm not trying to yeah you need to yeah kids need <laughs> choices yeah no, I'm that's just being the, honest you yeah. need choices
1: the 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 you know people will accuse CCB of being anti public school or things yeah. like, and 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 also a lot a lot of times they'll think that we are accusing everyone involved in the system of being bad people or not caring about kids or all of these types it's of things. It's definitely not. I, I think what's, what's important about this and, and about the story you just shared, especially the, the context of all of this is that the, the, the whole, the whole ecosystem in the Hilltop, yeah. right? And the Hilltop is not, is not alone. There's, there's communities like this all over the country, all, let alone oh, all yeah. over Columbus, all oh, over yeah. Ohio. Um, the whole ecosystem there is is built for kids to fail. I mean, it, it's the 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 poverty, the, the 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 lack of jobs, the lack of family structure, the yeah. the, the values that are pushed on the kids. I mean, and so so by all means, lots of sympathy to the, the, the public school teachers and, and oh, yeah. leaders who— It's you so know, tough, man. That, that, that teacher you it's said, so tough. like, I, on the one hand, it, it'd be really easy to stand back and, and look at judgment at him judgment, and say, man. how dare you just let these—cast these kids off? Well, mm-hmm. the system is telling him yeah. he has to pass these people through. in
2: trouble if he sends a disruptive student to the office. I sat in those classrooms and watched. Like, listen, can we get rid of this kid? Like, you know, t- send me— David, I can't. Yeah. Right? They'll they'll get rid of a teacher for for um for for discipline a child at all, and so I, I respect him for trying anything, yeah. trying something, yeah, yeah, to make to incentivize for those of you that want to learn. It, it gives them an opportunity to step up, right? Because otherwise, they just sit there frustrated. I, I can't tell you how many times, Pastor, I've
0: been in a situation like that where I've yeah. talked I've to seen it. in this process of starting the school. I've talked to principals from Columbus City Schools. They're not in the system now, so you don't go after, don't go after anybody, okay. But they told me it was like their hands are tied behind their Absolutely. back and they're getting punched. Yep. It's like give them the ability to do to have freedom in their schools to do what they need to do. They were exasperated before COVID. It's yep, so frustrating. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And and the and the
1: you know, again, this is where
0: And I'm not blaming teachers or no, principals because they it, love the kids. Yeah. It yeah. breaks my heart.
1: Where I I this is me now speaking. I will blame the teachers' unions. I will b- blame the bureaucracy all around cool. it. That says we have we we're, are going to be able to show certain passage rates. We're going to be able to show certain literacy literacy rates. And this is this is what we've seen happen time and time again at the Ohio State House. We've seen this in, in all states all over the country, which is we pass things like the third grade reading guarantee, or we pass things like the graduation rate requirements, and when we pass them with enforcement mechanisms in there and all of a sudden the data comes back and it's we see the the if we get a, just a glimpse of how bad you know literacy actually is in our mm-hmm. schools or oh, how bad, bad uh, graduation rates actually are if we were to actually enforce the standards that 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 should be set forward the numbers would be so embarrassing yeah. for the schools they would, you know, there would be this big public outcry. So what we do is we do things like grant what we called safe harbor, or we we grant waivers, or we grant all these different things. So we don't have to face the re you know, the 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 politicians at the state house and the politicians in and, and, and governments all over the country don't have to face the reality of how bad the problem is. Yeah, yeah. And but but meanwhile, kids just aren't learning to read. Yeah, it's,
2: uh, a, it's hilarious when they talk about private schools being unaccountable. Um, <laughs> right. Like oh, you yeah. know, they're not required to take such and such tests. Like we, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, the fact that parents are screaming and clawing to get out of this neighborhood, right, right, so that their kids could go somewhere else where they could be successful. Uh, I, I think the accountability of, of people just walking, if right. you don't,
1: yeah, meet the standards, is enough. Yeah no that, that's right. So Ben, could you share the other yeah. story? because again, I think this is again, quintessential of how the, 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 the entire system built around it is is uh, set up for almost expecting failure in many ways. Yeah. So I another girl I call her
0: Alice, who was in our church, and she was there, you know, been there 12 years. she was there. Was a song in the back as so I can remember. really sweet kid, really smart kid. You know, there's um, there's kids that you know are destined for success when you hang out with them. Like, oh, okay, you got some talks on you. You can, you know, how to talk, you know how to move, and you know what you're doing. She was pretty smart, and so she went to one of the better of the two high schools, and she's there, and um, she's preparing to go to college. She went. She got a she got uh, a scholarship to Ohio State. I don't know how much it was, but she, she got it. I, I think it was a full ride, but I don't even know if that's possible. I haven't been able to talk to her since, since this happened. And she went there, and the first semester she's there, she gave up. Mm-hmm. This is better of the high schools, and this girl, like if you had told me that she's dropping out, I'd be like, no. Like I wanted to go talk to her, like, why are you dropping out? I know you can do this. Maybe you need to go to Columbus State because you haven't been prepared. And the problem was they're just not preparing the kids, right? Like if you're going to suburban school, your, your preparation is like so much higher because yeah. it's just in the, in, the, in the public school system, they're not giving them what they need. They're telling them they got A's. And for years, you know, I experienced it with my own kids when they were in the public schools. So, so back story on me. I was an advocate for public schools. You need to go to public schools. We need to make them better. So we moved in the neighborhood. We sent our kids to the public school. We were trying to get it done. There's another pastor like this in my neighborhood, but I don't want to write him out or anything, right? <laughs> so it feels the same way I do, that things aren't aren't where they need to be. And um, so we, for our own our own daughter, when she was going through school, it was like, She's doing great, straight A, she's blown out of the water, but she wasn't doing well. And I don't, emotionally, she was really having a hard time with the way that the kids were acting up in school and disrespecting the teachers. You know, you're cussing teachers out and you're flipping over desks. You can say it's classroom management.
2: Every day
0: every it's exhausting for these kids <laughs> right. to sit in that every day. every day and she you know part of it's like you're just not she's not used to it no. like we're not screaming at her we're not you know what i mean so she goes in and it's like the wild west that she's living in and these teachers like i know the teachers they're so sweet they're so nice and they're still holding a hard line she was in the teacher it was pretty hard you know actually they're like buy the books teacher not gonna put up a lot of stuff and yet it didn't matter it did not matter. The kids were just losing it. How many losing kids it? were in her class, by the way? Gosh, I, my understanding is there's like 30 kids in the class. So, what do you expect teachers to yeah. do? Yeah. like that's not fair. Now, classrooms uh, post-COVID, right now where things are at, the class sizes are crazy small, and I've off the re- I guess it's on the record. Teachers saying that they that's great. It's incredible. Of course, it is. Because you're showing up your kids aren't showing up and you have an environment where te- the kids that want to be there can learn. But, um, so I'm really, I love, I love, I love the teachers in our school system. I, I want, I want the best for them. It's just like, man. So I, I'm way off track. So when my daughter, we pulled her out cause it wasn't working and we put her in an online charter school before COVID and we were like, oh my goodness, you are so far behind. We had no idea how far behind she was because we thought she's doing great. But I kind of suspected something was going to be up because I had three, I told you about Jason, I told you about Alice, I had another kid that went in. He was going his senior year and he transferred to the, the, uh, the, the private high sc- uh, Catholic high school in the neighborhood. And um, they told him, bro, you're so far behind, you got to start over as a freshman. But they took him. And you know what? That school should get a lot of credit yeah. because they were willing to take a kid that's a senior and take him in as a freshman and say, we'll work with you and we'll get you where you need to be. Thank you. Thank you for caring about the kids enough to do the hard things. And so he did it. Um, but we thought, oh, she's probably going to be a little bit behind. She was really behind. She really struggled. And then we transferred her to private Christian school. And then she was even more behind. I'm like, come on, man, you're killing me. She's caught up now. She's doing great. She's blowing out of the water, the standardized test. What's really interesting is, you know, I told you my friend Jason was so far below on the standardized tests at the Christian schools. They say, we don't even use them because they say they're so bad. They're so far off. What you think is normal is way below where kids need to be. And I was like, what and it's racist <laughs> to expose that. Yep, yeah. that's where we are.
2: Like we have, to, it's the the test is wrong, the evaluation tool is wrong. Yeah, not the fact that these kids aren't graduating, these kids aren't yeah. showing up, and if they do graduate and go to college, most yeah. of them drop out in the first year. Yeah, because they're not used to that kind of rigor. They're not used to the rigor. Right. right. Yeah. They're, they're way
0: behind. It's it. it's, it's a mess. Hmm. Now, hey, now, so okay. I asked. So, so I asked the minister when Jason couldn't get into the school. I, s- I went to the administration. I said what the heck am I supposed to do? We got, here's a kid that's got a 3-4 GPA on the basketball team, super nice guy. What am I supposed to do? If I can't get him in here in high school, what, what do we got to do? They said, you can't wait till high school. I said, okay. They said, you can't wait till middle school. I said, okay. They said, in elementary school, as soon as you can, you have to pull them out. And it was like my world shifted that day. And that's when the that's when this stuff started we have to get it, we have to start a private school.
2: The reason why we chose the homeschool pastor is because the same thing happened to us. Our kids were in yeah. elementary school. Yeah. And um, when we were deciding what we wanted to do before they went to to, to middle school, the teacher uh, told us, Get your kids out. Um, they will never get what they deserve yep. in this system. Yeah. They're too they're too bright, get them out. And yep. um and that's what we did. And so we lived on one income. Yeah. And uh, I worked my behind off and my wife homeschooled and um, all the way up until high school. Yeah. And it wasn't because we were that rich couple that could afford to do so. Right. My kids grew up broke. Yeah. Because we put their education above all the other stuff. And I was not sending my children. Right. To a school that was worse than the detention centers where I was working. Right. At the time I was volunteering in detention centers. I said I would never send my kids over here. Wow. Because there's more order in a detention center. Wow. Than the public system.
1: I, I wanna I'm gonna. I, I wish I had my glasses I could put on to do my Troy McIntosh impression. Our, our director of OSA, just he's just awesome. So by the way, yeah, Tro, Troy's awesome. the, the leading this school planting. Shout out to Troy. Just, just so we we make clear here, because I I can hear folks in when when we talk, start talking yeah, about class on. sizes and all these things about being like, oh well, you know, the first thing they'll say is well, it's because we underfund these public schools, and I just a few things just to, we do not. There, there is no evidence. Anyone who says that they, we underfund public schools just ask how much money would be properly yeah, what funded. What would it take? What would it actually take? Because you take Columbus Public, we spend twenty three grand per kid there. You know, private school tuition eight, nine, ten grand. You know, we spend twenty three grand per kid of taxpayer dollars in Columbus Public. Uh, few, few, just numbers for you, just to to. To make this point, again, there's nothing special about Columbus Public. It's your standard inner city public school system. So so basically wherever you are in the country, you're going to see pretty similar numbers right. to what, what you see here. Um, uh, first things first, uh, less than 40% of the money that we spend uh, at, in Columbus Publi- Public actually goes to the classroom. So we have massive class sizes but it's not because we don't have enough money to hire teachers it's so bad that's so sad man well, they're probably it's, paying for air conditioning right yeah like <laughs> oh yeah exactly cuz well, <laughs> <'cause, laughs> yeah that that again i think i've shared this on the pod before like you know my 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 thing that i went crazy over was you know after 16 months of kids being blocked out of their schools in columbus public uh to kick off this school year where they were finally going to open they were going to make them wear masks but whatever they were going to actually give them in-person education columbus public last fall had to close 14 of their schools for three weeks uh, for two weeks uh because they couldn't turn the air conditioning on mm-hmm. and it was like so on top you guys just won't keep your your buildings up but so on top of that uh with with, with with Columbus Public, my, the 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 number that really jumped out to me that this just came out, um, last school year, uh, first and foremost, Cincinnati Public had forty six percent chronic absentee rates. Right. Wow. Um, Columbus Public last year had seventy four percent chronic absentee rates. <laughs> I mean, I see it. Yeah, it's, it's. I lived it. Yeah, it's it's kids just weren't going to you school. You could
0: look out the window and you see kids are supposed to be in school. <laughs> like, what are you doing out, Armando? Yeah. Go back to school, buddy. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Columbus Public, the, the number, the amount of money they got increased from twenty two thousand to twenty three thousand dollars per kid last year. That's how much money they got from taxpayers, not including all the extra COVID bailout money that was that was thrown around. But of that twenty-three thousand, they only spent thirteen thousand dollars. They they pot, they they're just sitting on ten grand extra no. statewide in the state of Ohio. Oh there's eight point seven billion dollars that the public schools did not spend last year that they just are sitting on, like it's it's and it's their rainy day fund or whatever. It's it's absolutely insane what they've done. Yeah. There there is not there is no evidence, and we actually have the evidence that shows the more money you spend on education. Our, our state auditor did this whole report more money spent on education doesn't mean better outcomes. It just doesn't. Um, So again, there there really is no argument against these things, especially when the focus is kids. When the focus is teachers unions, when the focus is buildings, then there's an argument against choice, against, you know, private schools and those types of things. And again, it's it's not that it's not that private schools are perfect and there's no problems there or any of the or charter schools or homeschooling is perfect, all those mm-hmm. types of things, right? You know, you know, God bless the Mayhem kids that they had David's wife to teach them. Right. As right. if he was this, right you know,
2: yeah, he yeah, said it first he thing was, he he that, that was yeah. true all year. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <I love laughs> you, babe.
1: Otherwise men, uh, but but no it, it's not it's not that any of these other things
0: are perfect. It, There's just a a fundamental sober reality. Um, Can I speak to absentee rates? Is that okay? Of course. So you know, we ran a learning center. Sorry, people probably don't know that. We ran a um, uh, on a virtual classroom out of our churches. So all across the city, churches stepped up during COVID and said, "We're going to because they wouldn't open the doors to the schools." Or the community centers, or the YMCA's, or the libraries—everything was closed. Everything was closed, and so the churches said, "We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll open our doors. We'll take the risk. If we get COVID and we die, we know Jesus. We're okay. We're going to be all right." And so we did it. We opened them up, and you would just see—you're sitting, you're keeping these kids in a virtual environment for like all, all, you know, four or five hours a day, which is it's shorter than they they. The teachers really work to make it shorter, but they didn't give them breaks. So they're just like sitting in there for like four hours. We're like, we're giving them breaks. We're just walking away. We're going to go play outside for a little bit. We're going to go take a bathroom break. We're going to do snacks, whatever it took. Now the teachers were cool with it. Like, yeah, whatever you need to do is fine. But it was like build these things in so that the kids don't feel like you're just slamming them. Four or five hours just slammed with constant talking is like, it's just too much, man. It's and there, was too you much.
2: You know, some of the kids that were at home were babysitting their little siblings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, know? sure. So they're there alone. I, yeah. We were doing plenty of these classes. Yeah. I was in the schools, and, yeah. and then, so we were actually doing virtual stuff. And you would see kids like, I'll be back. You know, middle school kid had to go take yeah. care of his little brother or sister. There's yep. nobody else in the house is there, right? Right. So the Learning Extension Centers were to give these kids a safe place to get something to eat, yeah. Uh, and some of these kids were in homes where big brother and sister they didn't need to be home with them alone, right? And um, and it, so it was a safe place. And so I really appreciate what you yeah. and so many Lindsay Honda, yeah. had a big network. Yeah, of them. they were doing a bunch. Yeah, we out were there. engaged with
1: yeah. them as well. Well, I mean, again, too, and, and this is just even even for kids. You know, I, I had one uh, one mom share a story with me. Suburban family, you know. Uh, married mom and dad, stable home, well-off yeah. two kids uh, in elementary school, and uh, their their oldest daughter's first grader. And, you know, for the the first few weeks of remote learning, the school just couldn't get them the right links to the classrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so here was, like, she, she you know, she was bouncing back and forth between the kids in different rooms, and she, she told the, the one story it's, of walking in the room, and here's her daughter in tears because – she keeps getting kicked out of the classroom, she can't get in. She doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of that. And 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 it, it again, it was just one of these things of of the expectations we poured on kids. Yeah. Um, to 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 be able to do things again, and, and this is, I, I don't want this to become uh, you know a, a, an anti-COVID uh, mitigation rant. However, I think it's it's very clear and, I, and 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 ben made this point uh, before we started re- recording that that's that's re- really true especially when this thing first came no one knew what it was mm-hmm. right we didn't know it was it, it it was it sounded so dangerous there were yeah. lots of grace to the mitigation efforts and sure. all the things that happened at the very beginning it's but by the time we got to that first fall come on of 2020 right. when we had seen okay we, we have a good feel for this yeah
2: and all the public school kids were still in school and we're fine
1: yeah, private school kids, yeah, yeah private yeah, school, yeah, like private school we got, yeah, that school was, we
0: got that. yeah, my kids were fine, right. yeah, exactly, we were Nobody riding died. in this cushion, yeah,
1: and 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 honestly, kids weren't uh at risk to it, and yeah. and, and you know, the this, you know, all, all of these things, and what you saw was uh, again, such a, a the quintessential example of us putting whatever risk there was to adults, mm-hmm, putting right. that risk above yeah. kids, yeah. oh, and, yeah, totally saw it. It's and, so awful, and, and kids taking an uh, an unbelievable. Uh, we, you know, I,
2: I I constantly was saying when before, when they first started, I'm like, guys, um, COVID is not the only thing we got to be worried about when we talk about taking these kids out of school, and I'm not hearing enough about that on the That's news. That's right. When when this year started up and kids started going back to school, and I'm talking about inner city, like like yeah. five minutes from here, yeah. right? And and pastor, yeah. I, I've taught in the schools that you're you're talking yeah. about, yeah, on the west side. They were calling, like, frantically. We need speakers to come in and work with these kids. I'm like, what's, what's the problem? Like, school starts next week. They're like, all of the crime that was going on over the summer, um, that's coming to the building, you know, and we don't know what to do. School started, and they could not control the, the students. And, again, I don't blame the students. I, I blame the structure that was shut down, that was supposed, you know, to, to kind of keep them, um, you know – a lot of them were eating at home, and the school was where they get their you know at least two meals at yeah. the school. Um, they shut that down. Parents still had to work, so there was no supervision at home, right? And when school started up, all these kids flooded back to the building. And then when it came time for the speakers to come in and do our thing to kind of help you know in with the kids, they were too ashamed to have anybody in there. Nobody wants to see you know your dirty house, right? So <laughs> well,
1: no, but it's and it's not just nobody wants the the the, the system. Is built so that you don't see it right like we we've we've built a, a a a a structure again of 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 schools that the 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 worst the ugliest of it wh- why why do we have closed enrollment in ohio why, why when you look at a map of, so uh, open enrollment policies are the ones that say if you are if you are a Ohio student, you can attend any mm-hmm. uh, Ohio public school in the state. If you can get there uh, by the time school starts and get home uh, afterwards, doesn't matter where you live, you can go to that school. Uh, 80% of Ohio school districts have open enrollment. But if you looked at this a map of Ohio, and the Fordham Institute did this study, if you look at a map of Ohio at what districts have closed enrollment— you see all bright blue for open enrollment, and then you see dark blue in all the suburban schools surrounding the inner city course. Of course. Because those like this is the system that's been built to keep keep families, to keep most of the, 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 the state from seeing the tragedy that's happening, they, to keep those kids out from, from the schools that are failing and that are suffering and devastated, and these kids that are, are, are not learning and have become violent and all these things to keep them from getting out. And anybody from seeing it, I mean, that's the thing is that COVID just made it like people thought, oh, I'm, you know, I'm able to just work from home now. This is so great. What's so bad about working from home? And it's like, no, you, you're
0: just not seeing the suffering that this is doing in the inner cities, especially. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw there was a kid that was in high school and, um, you know, they were just out. They didn't go to school during when it was all online stuff. And they felt so far behind, and they felt so much like giving up that I they didn't go back to school for, like, I don't know, I don't, at least a month, two months at the beginning of the school year. I remember driving them around to the charter schools just trying to get them somewhere to get them started. And he just was so hopeless that he could do anything. Yeah, right. and um, I was like, well, let's just try to get you into the trade school. So there's one – um there's two. There's downtown public or Columbus downtown, and then there's uh, Fort Hayes. And so I called Fort Hayes. I was like, "Hey man, we can get, get you into at Fort Hayes. It, it would be like he could be like a mechanic, or he could be like a um, mason or something like that, brick mason." And I I called him. I said, "Hey, um, what could I get him in now?" Can I get this guy in now if he wants to come over? Because I can't get him to go to the public schools. They said, no, no, we can't go this year. He could maybe go next year. I said, all right. So if I tell him, if I promise him, you go to school this year and tough it out in high school, next year you'll take him. They said, oh, no, we have 500 kids we turn away every year to go here. I'm like, what? No. I was like, why aren't we giving kids options that feel like they can't make it? They can't do the reading. They can't do the writing. We had yeah. so many kids that couldn't read and write. You know, there was, I'm sure you, you talk about this already, but in 2019, before COVID, there were two out of five kids in Columbus public that passed the reading, the third grade reading proficiency, two out of five. In 2021, it was one out of five. That was You can just Google it, NBC holds it up i think total for the nation only
2: 43 percent wow yeah that's white black Hispanic, everybody right? right so we've just got an issue with public education period
0: yeah but inner cities far more it's know? real and so they just i mean they feel so hopeless of course you have a 75 percent you know high absentee rate right? because they just feel like they can't do it yeah. and trying to even get into the public schools is tough there's all there's all kinds of Issues in the way stuff's going right now. I know it sounds complicated, but when I think it is about you know we homeschooled our kids right all the way to high school. Yeah, we were broke. We had yeah. on
2: one income. Right, yeah. somebody had to work. Yeah, while my wife homeschooled the kids. Um, when I think of twelve thousand dollars on average per pupil, and then twenty three thousand per pupil. Yeah, in Columbus, it does not take all that. It yeah. does not take all that. Right. We made less than a thousand dollars the first year of our marriage and homeschooled our kids all the way through high school. And when they got to Pickerington, they were top three to five percent of their class, most of them. And so, yeah. you know, Iowa tests in top 90 percentile, you know, yeah. uh, what it takes is the success sequence. Yeah. Right. What they're saying is the best science on success. When when the millennial generation just you know, started getting getting going, they did a longitudinal study and they found of of that generation, if they would just do three things, only three percent would experience poverty. If they would just do these three things. Number one, graduate high school. No mention of a college degree. Just graduate high school, right? Yeah. Get a good high school education. Yeah. Two, work a full-time job. Yeah. And three, get married uh, and then have kids inside a marriage. So don't have yeah. children before you're married. Yeah. If they would just do those three things, 97% of that group, yeah. uh, longitudinal study, 97% um, um, escape, poverty. escape poverty. Only 3%. Sure experience no, no. poverty it doesn't take all of that um, and, and what w- what really tweaks me the most is that the voices of those communities that are supposed to be speaking on their behalf when I'm at the state house and I don't know if I'm gonna get trouble for this but when I'm at the state house talking to those voices and those individuals those leaders. Would you please come and look at Tree of Life? Would you please look at some of these inner city private schools? Yeah. Because in the hearing rooms, I keep hearing, well, that's just those rich white kids or, right. you know, our kids are different. No, right. these schools no. are full of your that's kids. Right. That's right. Crystal right. Ray, Tree of Life.
0: Yeah. Harambee.
2: Yes, Harambe. Right. Yeah. And 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 they're like, you yeah. know, some of them are, you know, 50% of their class is diverse. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, those they've got all that money. They have to raise seventy-five thousand dollars right. a year in that elementary yeah. school just to serve the kids. I know nobody's making money, yeah. but when I invite them to come and look at these schools, they'll argue with me numbers and is, as far as they can. If, well, would you have to agree to disagree? Would you come and see? They come will not see. come. They That's will right. now. If they get a call from the marijuana dispensary, you know, or, or the big money marijuana grow, you know, they straight up to the field trip <laughs> to go see the marijuana plant, but we can't go up the street. Right to see how every one oh, of their man. arguments about private, private education,
1: private schools don't cut checks to politicians.
2: They're inspiring. Those
0: schools are inspiring. And medical marijuana is I the
1: gateway was. policy for recreation. <laughs> man, we made it forty minutes. <laughs>
0: is this his thing? This is his new <laughs> thing. Oh man, <laughs> this is this is his
1: 40, 41 minutes almost before day. Congratulations. Wow, that yeah, yes, that's, that's prayer.
0: Uh, so I, yeah, yeah. We're, I We'll get into that later. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll, we'll touch. We'll touch marijuana. <laughs> I should, no, oh, I'm not touching
0: it. Yeah. That's <laughs> a- <laughs> we, All right. right. We, we, we already, smoking.
1: We'll, we'll send you the episode too. Yeah. Send me that Yeah. Me back, yeah I need to go so back. That. Apparently. Uh, but, uh, but, but pastor, but I, I get, yeah. let's just, let's, let's just end here. your, okay. um, yep. you know, from, from your perspective, you know, what's the thing, you know, with the community you serve, two things with the community you're serving in, in your, uh, in your church with, with Westside Christian Academy or Westside yeah. Christian school that we're starting. Yeah. Um, What's the thing that one people can do most to help? Uh, again, whether it's the hilltop or whatever, wherever you are, there's a community like this near you. Uh, and two, but bigger than that, what's the thing that most people don't understand uh, about what's actually happening in these communities right now?
0: And yeah, those are hard. You have to pick some hard questions yeah, to right? end yeah, on. And a, and on a, Aren't uh, you supposed I, to yeah. give me those questions yeah. ahead of time or something? Man, what's I, th- I think the thing that people don't know is that these kids are the same kids that everybody has. You know, whether you grow up in the the really nice Upper Arlington or New Albany, Dublin, or you grow up in in South Linden or the Hilltop, man, these kids. Are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. and if we would just give them an environment where they can flourish and tell them about Jesus, they're going to come. You know, we 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 do this after school program, and every year we love on kids that aren't Christian. We just say, "Hey, just come. We're just going to help you with your schoolwork. We're going to feed you. We're we'll tell you about Jesus. If you want to follow Him, great. If you don't, we're not going to." I hear pressure people, it doesn't work. It's not what God wants. But man, they come to Christ over and over and over again. And God has these people. You look at you look at the Harambis. you look at the trees and you see these kids that everybody's overlooked and they're they're doing great. They're doing great. And so there is, you know, there's racism in the world. Whatever people want to take it, it just is. But there's also a socioeconomic classism. Mm-hmm. And these kids deserve opportunities to flourish. They do. Um, what can they do? Gosh, there's like 100 million things. It's so complicated. Um, I think if we pray, God's going to show us what he wants us to do individually to do. Because it's like, you know, you look at in the Bible, there's the book of Nehemiah, and every person had a job to do at the wall to b- rebuild and protect the city and make it better. And God's going to raise up some people to work in the education system. He's going to call some people to work in the legislative system. Thank you. Thank you. And we have to figure out how to work together for something that's bigger than a church building, bigger than a, a denominational uh, tribalism that just makes me want to vomit. We have to be worried about the, not worried, we have to be working for the the kingdom of God to move forward. That's gonna And the kingdom of God does not move forward in word only. It moves forward in deed. When Jesus came, he came healing people and casting out the, the, the demonic. And we have to live in a world where we're tangibly bringing the love of Christ to the people around us. And so those kids in the city, they need they need you. They're calling you to help them. So please help. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Ben Douglas, thank
1: you so much for yeah. for, for coming to share. Good. Yeah, this was, this was great, man. And and thank you to, to producer Vince and Wesler Media for uh, producing mm-hmm. the pod for us. Thank you to, to Claire for for helping book our guests and and getting us where we got a, a few more David. Uh now nah, this one, yeah, I'll thank you for this one. <laughs> the, the, the last few—that um, was good, man. Please again, if if uh, you. if uh, you 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 can give us a review, give us a, a ranking there on uh, on your Apple Podcast or Spotify or or I don't know wherever we post these things, but uh, we're, we're grateful for it, and we'll catch you next time here on the narrative. All right.